Good evening, uh, brothers and sisters. We have just begun a new series of teaching concerning the greatest commandment that God has given to us, and uh, we know that once we obey these two commandments, we obey all the laws and the prophets. So, can you see how powerful these two commandments to love God with all our hearts? To love our neighbor as ourselves, and the word of God tells us this is a royal law that God has given to us to govern our life, to govern our relationship with one another, to govern this world. The royal law, when we obey them, it will uh, that we it will determines our our happiness. Our um, fulfillment in life. That's why the Word of God also tells us this is the most important commandments. No other commandments are more important than these two. So, can we sense the the importance of really hearing what God is saying and obeying what God is saying? The most important. Because life is about relationship, isn't it? Whether our happiness, success in life depends on relationship, and unfortunately, that's where we fail. That's where we come into a lot of hurts, a lot of problems, a lot of conflicts. Relationship, but yet it's the most important, and God says the most important, and so we better listen to what God is saying. And and these commandments will apply in the Old Testament, the New Testament, throughout eternity. So, let's hear what the Word of God is telling us. In Mark twelve, verse twenty nine, Jesus answered this this young man. He said, "The most important one, the most important commandment," answered Jesus, "is this. Here." O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this: love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than this. It didn't begin by saying. The greatest commandment is love the Lord your God.、Uh, the most important commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart. It begins by saying the greatest commandment is this: Hear, O Israel. Hear, O Israel. So we we gotta hear because a lot of times we hear but we we have we did not we did not take in the word. And many times people think that you know I already know it. Oh, I know, I've heard it. But they have not responded. They have not obeyed the word. And and many times they don't even understand what the word of God is saying. But God is saying, "Hear, O Israel." And we better listen. It's just like the king is proclaiming. His 
enough to the, to the citizen. And we better listen so that we will not offend the king and be killed. Hear, O Israel. So we must pay attention. And hear, meaning we are to obey. We are to submit. Not just listen and say, oh, I know it. No. But you are to obey what is being spoken. And many times, you know, there's so many voices that is speaking up. And a lot of times our self, our flesh, are speaking so loud that we drown out the, the word of God. We drown out the voice of God. You know, we have our own reasoning. We have our argument. We have, you know, all these things the Bible tells us is, is demons, the strongholds from the enemies. But God wants us to hear so that we get it right in our relationship with Him, in our relationship with one another. Because this is absolutely crucial to, to our happiness and to our fulfillment. Hear, O Israel. And then He's speaking not just to the individual, He's speaking to the nation. O Israel. So not just individual families, tribes, but the whole nation. Hear, O Israel. Because without it, without the right relationship with one another, the, the nation cannot be a holy nation. A nation. The nation will be divided, defiled, weakened. But God wants the holy nation to be built, that strong nation to be built. And that's why He said, Hear, O Israel. The destiny of the nation depends on listening to these two most important and the greatest commandments. Hear, O Israel. He said, the Lord, our God. The Lord is one. The Lord, our God. He's not just God in heaven. He's our God. We got to make Him God of our life, relevant in our life. A lot of people believe in God, but their God is not relevant. In their life, they just do what they want, live the way they want. But he said, the Lord, our God. We have to be in Him. We have to be, well, He's in our life. Moving together as one. The Lord, our God. What we know of God has got to be relevant in our daily living. Or else we have not obeyed Him. The Lord is one, the one and only, the supreme. He's in all things. And He's Lord over all things. And that's why, because He's one, we have to love Him with all our hearts, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. Love Him with all our hearts. It started from within. Our spirit, we love Him. And with all our soul, our emotion, totally absorbed by Him. And then it says, love Him with all of our mind. That's when a lot of us, we, we neglect. 
a lot of people, they, they're just happy with knowing God, that Jesus is our Savior and they're going to heaven. Is that all your mind can take? Is that all so shallow that you, you can understand about God? He said, love God with all of our mind. We've got to seek after Him. We've got to know Him deeper, more. We've got to see the bigger picture of what He wants to do. What He's revealing to us in His Word. There's no excuse to say, oh, I don't understand. Oh, I prefer to listen to this. This is easy to understand. Yes. There are things that's easy to understand, but is that all you can understand? He said, love God with all your mind. There's so much we can know and so much we need to know about God. And and we have to apply our mind to understanding. We have to ask in things that we do not know, do not understand, and not stay at the level of feeling. You know, some people, they go to church, oh, I feel good here. Yeah, you do feel good. We can go anywhere and feel good. But are you receiving the word? Are you growing deeper and deeper in the understanding of God, in the plan and purpose of God? Or is it just just a feel-good kind of religion? But we really need to love God with all of our mind. And then it says, love God with all of our strength. Well, to love Him, we have to obey His word. To obey His word, we have to put in the effort. It's not so easy to just obey, you know, no sweat. No, there is a lot of strength. You have to face the battle. You have to face the challenge, the obstacles, the opposition. You have to fight sometimes. Love God with all of our strength. It takes time, effort to obey God, to follow Him, to love Him. Not when it's convenient, not when it's easy. There will be a lot of battles to face. So this is how we are to obey the most important commandments. Love the Lord. Our God, with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. And then the second commandment, second most important commandment is to love our neighbor as ourselves. It's the same as the first one, it says. So, love our neighbor as ourselves. Immediately we are wondering, who is our neighbor? Who is our neighbor? Leviticus 19 17 to 18. He said, Do not hate a fellow Israelite in your heart. Rebuke your neighbor frankly so you would not share in their guilt. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So in the Old Testament, It teaches us that our neighbor is our fellow Israelites. Those who are in the faith, those who believe God, those who are in the church, these are our neighbor, 
our brothers and sisters. And God recognized that when we dwell together as a nation, we dwell together with our neighbors, there will be conflicts, there will be problems. But he taught us how to navigate this problem so that we can live in love and live in unity. So he says here, do not hate a fellow Israelite in your heart. That means we do not harbor grievances in our heart. Because when we harbor grievances in our hearts, it will result in bitterness and it will turn to hate. And when that happens, you know, we know the enemy has already come in, as we have learned in our previous session, previous series. So there will be slander, there will be accusation, there will be fault-finding, There'll be all kinds of evil as a result because Satan has come in. And eventually, our goal is to kill, is to destroy the person, is to destroy their ministry, is to destroy their character. Whatever it is, we, we, we just speak bad about the person. So that's why I say do not hate because it, it will result eventually in murder and all kinds of defilement, all kinds of evil come as a result of it. Can you imagine if a nation exists, if our relationship with one another is like this, it would destroy the nation. That's what the devil wants. And that's what God is teaching his people to be that holy nation, to not harbor grievances. And the next thing it says, rebuke your neighbor frankly. Rebuke your neighbor frankly. That means you've got to open up your hearts. You've got to be truthful. You've got to be frank with your neighbor. And you know that the neighbor is wrong or has done something wrong. You rebuke him, frankly. Oh, I'm afraid. Why? Well, it will cause a lot more problem. You see, we have a lot of excuses that stop us from doing. But here, O Israel, this is what God is commanding. Rebuke your neighbor frankly. Do not hide those grievances. Deal with it. Confront the person. You see, when we open our hearts and we are frank with one another, oftentimes we will be able to resolve the problem. You see, a lot of the time is just due to misunderstanding, miscommunication, nothing big. But if we don't deal with it, it begins to fester and it begins to brew and it will end up hatred is birth. Satan comes in and bring about terrible destruction. So we rebuild our neighbor, frankly, because... Well, it's the word of God because we love our brothers. And even if it's not misunderstanding, even if it's because the, the person has offended us, have done something wrong. But because we come with a mindset, relationship is most important. 
Relationship in life is most important. That's why the Bible taught us. Even at times we suffer. We bear it. We suffer loss. We bear it. Because we see relationship is most important. These are our fellow Israelites. These are those who belong to the family of God. So we preserve harmony, peace, unity to our own hearts. To our own hearts. And we rebuild frankly. If we don't, what happened? It says, rebuke your neighbor frankly so that you will not share in their guilt. So if you do not rebuke frankly, you do not speak to them and they continue to do wrong, eventually they are judged, punished or destroyed. You bear that guilt just like them. You are as guilty as the person who has done all these things. So he said, do not share in their guilt because you could have done something. You could have rebuilt them, you could have told them so that they change. Well, you say, what if they don't? That's none of your business. You're commanded to rebuild your neighbor frankly. Because oftentimes, it will bring about repentance. Because we love God, because we, our hearts is for unity, for harmony. So we have the right attitude and we deal with it. Oftentimes, it will bring about repentance. If the person doesn't repent, as I said, it's up to them. There's nothing we can do. We've done what we need to do. Albert Einstein said this. The world will not be destroyed by those who do evil, but by those who watch them without doing anything. Let me read that again. The world will not be destroyed by those who do evil, but by those who watch them without doing anything. You did not rebuild your neighbor, frankly. A lot of times people, when things happen, people say, you know, I know. I know this is what's going to happen. Yes. Did you say anything? Did you stop it? Did you warn that person? If not, you share in their guilt. You're just as guilty. But when we have done something, we could possibly have saved that situation. Oh, the person will not listen. That's not your business. You do what you need to do and leave the rest to the Lord. He said, do not seek revenge. When we seek revenge, we are judging the person. But he said, we are to leave the vengeance to the Lord. We do not seek revenge. Romans 12 verse 17 he said, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. 
if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. So we leave room for God to execute His judgment. We do what we need to do, we do what is right. And in this case, He said, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So we try to do right. We rebuke the person if necessary. If the person doesn't take it and, and turn against us, there's nothing we can do. We've done what we should do, what is right, and just leave it to the Lord, to the hands of the Lord. If the person repent, we have done our parts. We do not share in their guilt. Okay, and as much as it's possible, but sometimes it's just not possible to live in harmony with people. Some people, they always want to be right. They always want to fight and argue the case. With these kind of people, you, you, you can't live in harmony. You just have to let go. If it's possible, live at peace with everyone. But it may not be possible because it takes two parties to bring about peace and restoration. But if people consistently behave in certain ways, sometimes it's just not possible and we just have to live it. And then finally, it says, bear no grudge. Bear no grudge. Remember, if we harbor offenses, grudge in our hearts, it opens the doors for the enemy to come in. Satan to come in. So we got to resolve. Resolve what's inside so that it doesn't stay in our system to harm us, to bring about damage. Right? Resolve it at the quick, quickest time. We are responsible for our inner well-being, our inner health. Or else bitterness come in while we know the damage. And if we bear a grudge, sometimes it appears in indifferences, apathy, fault-finding. It hinders the work of God from moving forward. You know, when, when, when the leaders say go, but because we bear some grudge, you know, we are just apathetic. And we're just not moving. We just, oh, we say, oh, we believe in God. And we, we just become observer and non-committal. So can you see, it, it really hinders the national building that God wants to see among us, among the people of God. And finally, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, there's no way you can love others unless you know how to love yourself. Many times there are people who reject themselves because of their past experience, because of the words that are spoken against them. They feel worthless, you know, some because of their appearances. Uh, they reject themselves and uh, others uh, and from their experience. So they, they cannot love people. They would be fault-finding. They will want to prove that they are better than others because they could not. 
could, could not accept themselves. So they, they reject others. Always remember, hurting people hurts others. Hurting people hurts others. And uh, so we, we don't know how to love our neighbor. We love it in our own term. And when it fits us, when we have some benefit out of it, then we love. No, that's self. Selfishness. You don't love them. You use them. Okay, when we love our neighbor as ourselves, we really want good to take place to them. Not for us, for them. For them. You know, so, but a lot of people, we, 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 we're selfish in our love. You know, it's to do us good. It's to get the acceptance, the praise, the whatever that, that we think we deserve because of what we have done. And some people, they get offended if you didn't, you know, didn't praise them, didn't uh, reward them with, with verbal acceptance. They will attack you. They'll feel that they're a victim and you're bad. You don't appreciate what they do. You see, these people, they, they do it for themselves. They do it to gain all those praise from men. But we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. We, we love them for, for their sake not for us. And so we're going to talk a lot more about that in the days to come. But uh, we'll just stop here this morning to know that God is speaking. Hear, O Israel. And these are the most important commandments that God is giving to us. To love Him with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, all of our mind and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. So I trust that we will really hear and, and see what we can do, how we can put it into uh, practice and in reality, live it. Live these commandments because it's most important to our well-being and to our success. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you for the commandments that you are giving to us. And we know the importance and so we pray that everyone who hears these words, we will really take it seriously and begin to seek after you and begin to understand and know what you are saying, how we should put it into practice in our life so that we will indeed be fulfilled and, and live in peace and, and, and harmony and fulfill your plan and purpose, enter into your destiny as a nation, as a people to glorify your name. We thank you, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. We'll see you again. Bye-bye.